Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exurgat Deus dissipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunteum a facia eius. Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Man, you want to talk about a topic that takes a lot of preparation, a lot of meditation, a lot of prayer, some fasting, and at least an hour and a half in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Fiducia Supplicans. The newest document to come out of the Vatican that while it doesn't explicitly say that you can, that priests and bishops can go ahead and bless same-sex unions, it doesn't exactly not say that bishops and priests can bless same-sex unions. And adulter and adulterous unions and etc etc. <clears throat> to be point blank, um, the door that's open right now can be used for anything. And I think from here on out, thanks to stumbling on a couple of articles here and there, <clears throat> I'm pretty much ready to continue very staunchly my sedimentifrego position. Which is to say that I'm not going to go ahead and concern myself with whether or not the See of Peter is vacant, whether or not Pope Francis is an anti-pope, or, or whatever. Like, legitimate, I, I don't care. I, ju I, I just don't care. But when I'm making the arguments, and I'm talking about this, 
I think from here on out, instead of the long, extensive title, His Holiness Pope Francis, the Vicar of Christ, I think from here on out, I'm just going to refer to him as Honorius II. And the, and the reason is twofold. First, Pope Honorius is proof that a pope can be really, really wrong. So the ultramontanist position that everything the pope has that the everything the pope says has to be, you know, somehow by some way, shape, or form, true, valid, correct, in line with the doctrine or whatever. <clears throat> that's false. And I knew there was a reason in my heart why I liked, you know, sympathetic to Pope Honorius. And it's because of this. Everything I've read so far seems to indicate to me that it was not his intention, per se, to spur on the monothelitist heresy, uh, the, the heresy of monothelitism. monothelitism. <clears throat> I'm hoping I'm saying it right. Not a, it, I gotta be perfectly honest. It's a heresy. I don't really care. <clears throat> In a nutshell, it was to say that Christ only had one will, despite the fact that he had two natures, a human and a divine nature. That he, that he is one in person, but he has a human will, a human nature, and a divine will, and a divine nature. That's, that's the teaching of the church. That is the best way to understand our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's infallibly defined. And I do believe, based on some of the stuff that I've read, that, that, was, that it was not Honorius's intention to step in that hornet's nest and kick open that heresy. But it's a funny thing in tension. We have, an, we have an old adage, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Because the best I can tell is it looked like Honorius just didn't want to have the argument. And so he was trying to find a way to not have the argument and sort of be conciliatory. And in so doing... He stirred up a wildfire of division. And that, the effects we see playing out today with Fiducia Supplicans, this latest document coming out of the Vatican, which was published or written by the Cardinal Archbishop Tucci Fernandez and signed with his approval, meaning by. Pope Francis. Now that's the premise that we're going to operate under here. But I do want to dive a little deeper. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in proelium. Contra niquitiamit insidias, diabli est opraecidium. 
Imperatilideus supplicis de precamur, duque princeps militae calestis, santanam alios que spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Cor Iesu Sacratissimum, miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancte Iosef, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende pacem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Es. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. <clears throat> so, <laughs> it was an interesting ride, riding through the same time period that this thing came out of the Vatican. Now, <clears throat> the reason why this is such a big deal is because the document itself Apparently, it only takes a cursory reading, and I have not read the document. I don't care to. I got, hey, there's this new document that came out, and then the mainstream media around the world says the Pope and the Vatican and the Catholic Church allows for the blessing of same-sex unions. And the only thing I thought was Madonna Mia, Lord have mercy. We cannot possibly be doing this. And the only thing that's really wild is that it happened to coincide with a very, very difficult time I personally was having, a, a blitzkrieg of a diabolical attack that I eventually ended up proving to be too weak to resist and ended up going and ended up in the confessional. Now, the fact is, is that I ended up in the confessional because I was too weak. The theme, however, kind of ties together. Because the things that are going on in the Catholic Church, whether or not you know it, do actually have a direct, dif direct effect on your daily life, particularly if you happen to be a Catholic. Now, if you're not Catholic and you're very far away from the church and you're far from Christ and his Christ and his cross, well, then you probably didn't notice a whole lot. And you were probably among those at the New York Times, the Washington Post, etc., who were like, hooray! They're gonna go ahead and bless same-sex blessings and stuff, and this, that, and the other, and it's gonna be all fun and games. Which, by the way, in the mainstream media seemed to last about four minutes. They were like, oh hey, look at this. And then they went back to covering, you know, other stuff. You know, like the orange man being banned from the primaries in the state of Colorado. Because, you know, that's way more, way more important. Meanwhile, in the Catholic world, everybody was going nuts. You had the rich Rajos and the uh, Austin Ivories who were like, hooray! <clears throat> Father James Martin of the Society of Jesus Lord, please save that. Save that religious order. It was your best. Once upon a time. Went out like five minutes later and was posting, hey, I just did X, Y, and Z. Which, I don't remember who it was who said it. Let's see if I can track it down right quick. Think it was Ed Fezer? I don't know. But thanks to uh, this 
thanks to this document. It's not going to be every priest. It probably won't even, in all honesty, won't even be most of the priests. But it'll be the biggest, the loudest, the craziest priests who, with the permission of the Vatican, and this is the thing that's really wild, now has authorization to violate the second commandment. Because to be sure, by invoking God and asking him to bless something that he would never, ever bless, by invoking God in this, it's not, it's not your traditional form of blasphemy, to be sure, but it is most definitely taking the Lord's name in vain. And Father James Martin did a spectacular job in doing so by using... Oh, gracious, I don't remember what the blessing was. It's, one, it's a blessing from one of the prophets. I'll have to actually take a look. <clears throat> but it was a rather big deal. The, like, the way, he went at, the way he went about it, very, very, I mean, like, read out of, straight out of Scripture and this, that, and the other. Very uh, creepy, I guess is the best way to put it. Oh, I wish I could remember. Hang on just a second. I'm scrolling, trying to find it. I'm hoping I find it by the time I end this sentence, but I really don't think that's going to be the case. <clears throat> oh, there it is. Yes, the Benedict, the priestly benediction from the Booker from the Book of Numbers, chapter six, <clears throat> to bless two men who habitually engage in unnatural vice with each other. Oh, is Matt Gaspers? Um. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his turn his face toward you and give you peace. Gracious. Anyway. <clears throat> if by the way, if it sounds vaguely familiar it's because it's woven very much in the um requiem eternum donais domine lux perpetua luciat requiescat in pace it's very close to that one it's the same one i use very regularly when i find out someone someone is uh, passed on to their eternal reward <clears throat> And I'm just going to go ahead and say it like this. It like it doesn't matter what the intent was. The fact is, there are going to be priests and bishops around the world who are now going to violate the second commandment on the regular. This document is now actually going to be used as an excuse, or maybe, I can't. God forbid, please, <clears throat> used as an excuse for some radical activist couple to walk into a fraternal society of St. Peter Parish, say, but the Pope says, blah, 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 and the traditional priest is either going to cave and lose the faith or stand firm and lose his head.
Dear family, we are most definitely living through the third secret of Fatima. I don't know how far along in the, in, the, in the vision, but I do know that we are definitely there. Because this is going to be the weapon that's used to brutalize souls. I was angry, livid about this. I recorded, I think it's like a little three minute long statement that I was originally going to release. And I'm really actually, and I'm actually very happy I did not. Where I was just going to call them all traitors. <clears throat> I was hoping for something a little more firm from Bishop Robert Barron. But the statement he released leads me to believe that he's pretty much going to say nothing about this pretty, uh, from here on out. Um, which, I mean, is not terribly surprising. We're, you know, we're all kind of... <clears throat> What's the word I'm looking for? Um, <clears throat> well, thankfully, by the time I got done coughing, I was able to find it. <clears throat> Here's the statement from Bishop Robert Barron. On Monday, the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, with the approval of Pope Francis, published a declaration entitled Fiducia Supplicans, which has given rise to a good deal of commentary and controversy. The document allows for the possibility of blessing those in irregular or same-sex relationships. Despite some misleading reporting in the media, fiducia supplicants in no way sanctions irregular bonds or changes the Church's teaching on marriage and sexuality. It further specifies that no liturgical blessing can be offered, offered to those in such unions, but rather an informal pastoral blessing. This latter benediction is a calling forth of divine grace to help those who receive it to live more fully in accord with God's will and to enhance whatever is good, true, and beautiful in their lives. I believe that the declaration is very much congruent with the pastoral instincts of Pope Francis, who always wants to remind those who are living in the Christian life, <clears throat> living the Christian life in a less than perfect way, that they are nevertheless loved and cherished by God. To all of Jesus's brothers and sisters, the church should never fail to be a source of welcome, compassion, and blessing. The document first says, a reiteration of what was said in, I think it was 2021, 2022, that the church cannot bless sin. That, that blessing of same-sex unions is impossible. And then the document later says that the priest can go ahead and give a blessing according to his, according on a case-by-case -case basis, using his own determination, which means A, he doesn't have to ask the, his bishop, and B, he could be wrong. He could be doing something evil. And because of this document, there's really nothing nothing that can be done to him because as of right now he has the protection of holy rome <clears throat> now to all of you out there <clears throat> to my set of acontis friends i cite pope honorius to my ultramontanist friends i cite pope honorius to my Pope's Splainer friends, I cite 
Pope Honorius. To everybody, whether you're conservative Catholic, James Martin Catholic, um, or anywhere in between, if you're if you're an Austin Ivory or Rich Rajo, or you're an Edward Penton, or a fa- or a Father Gerald Murray, <clears throat> whether you're Bishop Athanasius, whether you're the likes of the Bishop Athanasius Schneider, or <clears throat> a follower of Archbishop Vigano, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Wherever it is in the Catholic spectrum you follow, you fall on. I'm citing Pope Honorius. Why? Because personally, I hope that it was calumny or some ulterior something or other that ended up having Pope Honorius being condemned by three ecumenical councils and by several pontiffs. to Honorius the heretic, anathema. That's a pretty big deal. I don't know how much you can excommunicate somebody after their death. I don't care. Honestly, menefrego. I hope, for the sake of the soul of Pope Honorius, that he was at least sufficiently without culpability that he still managed to make it into heaven to get to the beatific vision. Maybe that's the case. Maybe he's in one of the lowest levels of hell. I don't know. For the sake of his soul, I hope the former. But if he is the latter, if he is in the lowest circles of hell, God's justice is perfect. And it'll be obvious in the last day. We'll get to see it all. We'll be like, oh, that's what went on there. Okay, well, that makes sense. And I'm okay with that. That's like, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm using that example that Honorius, because I got to be honest with you, I was looking at the way it was kind of described. It looked like he just oopsed, like he was making a political decision that he thought would be the best decision to make, and he stepped in it deeply. And if that was actually the way it turned out, I honestly don't believe he should be held that culpable. But... The hornet's nest he stepped in, the chaos that he caused was answered by three ecumenical councils and several of his successors, including successors whose name starts with S, Pope St. Leo II, Pope St. Martin. Like, not a, <clears throat> not a small deal. Popes who we know for a fact were saints condemned him. What he said, and here's the thing, he wasn't even, it's not like he was writing it in a papal bull, it wasn't an encyclical, this wasn't 
this wasn't like a loud, the Laudato Si' of his day. This was a letter between him and another bishop that started the fire. And so if he did end up in hell because he started the fire, for whatever the malintent was in his heart, and on it, like, again, don't care. If he ended up in hell, God's justice is perfect. We'll figure it out in the last day. We'll know. We'll know why. Because again, in the last day, all of our sins will be revealed. Everything will be revealed so that God can be honored either for his mercy or his justice. So that the whole of the human race can look and see and behold the glory of Almighty God. So whatever, however it turns out, and I'm not invested one way or the other, but I knew there was a reason why why Honorius used to stick in my used to actually like stick in my head. I didn't realize that it was going to be this reason. Because here's the other thing. No one says that Honorius was not the Pope. He was condemned for heresy by three ecumenical councils and several of his successors. Not a small deal. Not a small deal by any stretch of the imagination. But he was Pope. He taught heresy. He may not have intended to teach heresy, but he taught heresy. And so to all of you out there who are trying to figure out, well, do I consider Francis to be the Pope? I give you Pope Honorius. Prefigurement of these times. Because while Honorius wrote a thing to Sergius, and Sergius was anathematized as well, it was a letter. He didn't, like, I'm telling you, there wasn't like a huge, huge catalog of Honorius's teachings that were teaching craziness. This was, this, was a, this was a letter response to another bishop trying to find a way to put the fire out so that there would not be strife among the brethren, proving another thing, that the truth cannot coexist with falsehood. Because of this, a wildfire of strife was lit between the, monothelites, the the monothelites and the Orthodox Catholic faith. A wildfire, because he was trying to be conciliatory, because he was trying to go with a hermeneutic of, let's not have this fight. Sound familiar? So if Honorius can be, then Pope Paul VI can be. Pope John Paul I can be. I don't know if Pope John Paul I is. I'm merely saying that he can be. Pope John Paul II can be. Pope Benedict XVI can be. And Pope Francis can be. If Honorius... then the sea has not been vacant. It's that simple. No one ever declared that Pope Honorius was not the Pope. 
They called him a heretic. They anathematized him. He was already dead, by the way. And they did it again and again and again to make sure people fully understood that what was taught in this haphazard, slap-ass letter was dangerous enough to contaminate the purity of the sea of St. Peter. It was dangerous enough to be worthy of the great millstone around the neck. It was dangerous enough. And by the way, we're talking about a theological concept that most of us probably don't even fully comprehend. I was reading about this concept, and I'm like, I don't understand. Okay, because in the modern in modern parlance, I'm looking at this, and I'm going, uh, I don't see a problem. And then I looked at it again, and I go, oh, yeah, no, that's wrong. It's not something, but like, seriously, how many people, <clears throat> when you see the post on Twitter, when you see the, the poll on Twitter, talking about how many how many persons or how many natures or how many wills or how many this, that, or the other, when they're talking about our blessed Lord. How many times do you see like 60, 70, 80% of the people get it wrong? These are not easy concepts to comprehend. They're really not. It's like, but wait, you got this? And I mean, we're talking about paradoxical statements, statements that seem to be contradictive, but are not. talking about our blessed lord and most people and most catholics get the answer everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Holy Trinity. 
one God, three persons of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. God the Son has two natures and two wills. God the Son has his human will and his human nature and his divine will and his divine nature. Not an easy concept. Any but like legitimately, if if, if you were non-Christian and you just stumble, if you were non-Christian and you were stumbling across that right there, you go, I'm sorry, do what? So it's one God, three persons. One of those persons has two wills and two natures. At a glance, it sounds schizophrenic. I'm not even joking. Like, at a glance, that's what it sounds like. When you dive into all of the details of what's going on there, then it goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. All right, got it. That was the arena that Pope Honorius made the mistake. <clears throat> Pope John Paul II had the Assisi conferences where he's kissing the Quran and praying in front of a Buddha statue. I think that's a little more clear. And it's not like Pope John Paul II was the only one doing that. That was There was a bit of that going on ever since Paul VI. Paul VI took off the tiara. Instituted the Novus Ordo Missae. No one argues that... And here's the really funny part. Whenever somebody like... like the bogus Ordites, like the ones who are completely all in on this craziness that just came out this last week. Those morons. It's valid and blah, 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 blah. And it's the only way to worship in the Roman Rite. Nah! It didn't exist for 1969 years. <laughs> it didn't exist. It wasn't a thing. Oh, and it's somehow going to be the only way to worship in the Roman Rite? Get out of town. Get out of here. There were things prior to 1970, and it was actually called the Catholic Church prior to 1970. It was actually called the Holy Mass prior to 1970. There wasn't this extraordinary, ordinary form. There was the Roman Mass. And then, in 1970, there was the Novus Ordo, missing the new order of Mass. Which bears almost no resemblance to the Roman Mass of the previous millennia. <clears throat> now, you can make the arguments, and clearly, <laughs> clearly, there's a lot of theological stuff going on in the background that I'm really not going to get into. Certainly not for this podcast episode. A lot of theological stuff that's going on in the background. It is still Christ's body and blood. We have the Eucharistic miracles every time somebody abuses our Lord's body and blood. There's a like it seems like it every single time. Oh, hey, we found a host. We found a consecrated host behind the last pew on the floor in the church, and it was bleeding. 
Which, by the way, that's generally how the Eucharistic miracles are found. Something along those lines, where somebody committed an abuse, a horrendous abuse, against the body and blood of our Lord, and to show us that it is the body and blood of our Lord, he said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and show it. We're going to go out. I'm going to show you this is not bread. It is my heart. This is my blood. <laughs> not even joking. That's generally how they are. You can look them up. There's a goodly portion of them. All of the ones that have been happening since the turn of the 20th century, since the Second Vatican Council, by and large, it has happened as a, as a direct result of abuse to our Lord's body and blood, and it was to show us, to call us to repentance for abusing his body and blood. I don't know why that's so difficult to wrap people's, for people's heads to get wrapped around. I don't know why, but whatever. I don't know if you noticed, I'm a little bit, still a little bit pumped about this, a little bit aggravated. <clears throat> I was aggravated because I spent so much time trying to get my life in order To have the Vatican come out and say, nah, 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 partner, you don't got to do that. Dude, don't worry about it. We got a Morris Letizia. <laughs> we got Fratelli Tutti. We got Querida uh, Amazonia. We got the Pacha Heifer. We're going to focus more time on Laudato Si and Laudate Deum. And now we've got fiducia supplicans. What is there? To, what do, <laughs> I'm like, but he's not actually teaching against the faith, and he's not actually teaching the faith. And that's the point. This document, fiducia supplicans, violates the law of non-contradiction. At the beginning of the document, it says. This cannot happen. And at the end of the document, it says, Hooray! This can happen. All of a sudden, we're, we're sitting in a situation where one equals zero. Where two plus two equals both four and five. No. And you can tell it's got people bent around the axle in Nigeria. The Catholic, the Catholic bishop... Bishops of Nigeria said, no, 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 partner. We ain't doing this. That's not a thing. The Ukrainian Catholic bishops come out and say, no, nah, no, nah, dog. You're going to have, you want to clarify that? And I'd recommend you just take that back. You got entire bishops conferences around the world going, ha ha, no. And in the United States, where we have the most vocal, and you could even make the argument angry, segment of trads, in the world. And our bishops, crickets, man, crickets. No, that's not really what it said. Okay, look. Excellency, if you're of the opinion that this document did not do the thing that the New York Times and the Washington Post say it did, I want you to ask yourself what is going to be the effect of this? Because Pope Honorius did not say that monothelitism was the way. He did, not, he did not say it explicitly. 
But that's what they took from the document. And that's the reason he was anathematized. That's the reason he was formally declared by three councils and multiple popes as being a heretic, as being anathema, as being guilty of transgressing against the faith in a way that could not be reconciled. They had to come out and say, no, this will not do. This is not the way. And he is not the guy. But they never pulled him down from the papacy. I mean, he was dead by the time anybody found out about it, best I could tell. <clears throat> I could be mistaken. And I gotta be like, if you happen to be a major scholar on Pope Honorius, um, I don't often say this. This time I'm gonna say it. I don't care. I don't care what actually happened. Because what I just described is what everybody thinks happened. What I just described was perception is reality. So you can dive in and say, oh, well, actually, this, this, and this, and well, it was really this, and Pope Honorius actually wrote this, and this, and this, and this, and I don't care. Because the point is, he kind of left the door open for heresy, and then heresy lit like wildfire. Francis has kind of opened the door for sacrilege, for violations against the sixth, ninth, second commandments. And that's exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't matter what's in Francis's heart. And that's the point. For everybody out there who is saying, well, he didn't do this, and you're trying to split hairs that are already so thin that if you split them, you'll cause a nuclear explosion because you messed around and split an atom. It doesn't matter. There is a huge, huge difference between his statement on an airplane in 2013 when he says, who am I to judge? and what is happening right now. When he first came in and he said, who am I to judge? There is huge, there's huge amounts of validity to that statement. If he's trying to teach in a manner that includes leading by example, there's huge amounts of latitude for that statement. Because you can make the, the statement in isolation from the fact that he is the Pope. And to be sure, he should not have made that statement, but, I mean, let's be real, I don't really think he, I don't honestly believe he thinks he's the Vicar of Christ. I could be mistaken about that, but it, nothing he's done leads me to believe that he thinks he's the Vicar of Christ. And if he doesn't really think that he's the Vicar of Christ, then he can come out and pop off at the mouth and say, who am I to judge? And you can separate the statement, who am I to judge, from the vicar of Christ. But there is acres of different, difference. There's huge amounts of distance 
between who am I to judge and, fidu and fiducia supplicans. Because who am I to judge is a teaching that most Catholics should actually have. But fiducia supplicans is a clear opening of the praxis of the church to things that are downright evil. Because if you can take it as a case-by-case -case basis as to whether or not, as a priest, you're going to bless a same-sex couple, then you can take it as a case-by-case -case basis as to whether or not, as a priest, you're going, to, you're going to bless a bestiality relationship, a pedophilic relationship, a polygamous relationship. And I don't mean polygamous in, in the traditional old sense of the word where it was divorced and remarried or widowed and remarried. I mean multiple wives at the same time, multiple husbands at the same time. You know, the cuck factory. Because that's what this document allows for. This document allows for, for every priest that should they decide to shirk their responsibilities as, <laughs> as a priest, as the anointed ones of God, they can shirk their responsibilities to call the faithful back to the gospel, to call the faithful to repentance, to call the faithful to embrace the cross, to call the faithful back into the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. They can literally just say, well, I mean, this says I can pretty much do what I want, and so I don't have to save your soul. I don't have to try. Because I have the Pope's blessing to make the choice myself. And that is explicitly in the document. That any priest has the Pope's blessing to make the choice themselves so they can be fully heterodox. As James Martin just showed this last week on X in, in his ridiculously evil posts, Man, I got to hit a couple of really good topics all at the same all at the same time and with one word, honorius. It's very rare that you get an opportunity to do that. Oh, hey, we're going to talk about this. I can hit that. We're going to talk about that. I can hit that. I used to live in Georgia. You know the state motto down there is seek semper tyrannis. <clears throat> I think for the church today, it wouldn't be it wouldn't go amiss if we utilized seek semper honorius. Thus always with honorius. So that we can remember that this one, this too shall pass. Two, these are not reasons to leave the faith. This crap that's coming out of the Vatican, these diabolically deceived prelates who are putting this crap out handing it out to the kitties like they're candies when in reality they're the worst, most foul forms of fecal matter ever wrapped in plastic? There's a whole section of Catholics that are going to that are going to accept this candy like it's Hershey's when in reality it's the stuff that is at the other end. 
Oh, look, chocolates. Oh, I wouldn't eat that chocolate beer. I would stay away from that one. Don't worry. As soon as you unwrap it, if you can't smell it, well, you must have got COVID. <clears throat> Pope Honorius is the answer to all of the questions that have plagued this church, Christ's church, since 2013. Pope Honorius is actually the answer to all of the questions that have plagued the church since the Second Vatican Council. Pope Honorius is the answer to the Novus Ordo Missae and the abuses to our Lord's body and blood that have resulted. Pope Honorius is the answer. And that answer is, this too shall pass. And yes, it is as bad as you think it is. That ambiguity, that weaponized ambiguity everybody likes to talk about, that double speak, the new speak, the good speak straight out of 1984 that's been crapping its way out of the Vatican for the last 60 years in increasing intervals all the way up until today. <clears throat> Pope Honorius is the answer because this too shall pass. Because eventually, uh, and by the way, it also, Pope Honorius is also the answer to how it gets fixed on this earth. Because we did it before. And it can be done again. Will it? Huh. That part's in God's hands. It is up to our Lord to decide what He does with His church. We're His bride. He says we suffer more. Guess what? We suffer more. He says we follow Him through His passion. Guess what? We follow Him through His passion. There's no way we can be better than Him because He already did it. And He even said in the Gospels, a servant is not better than his master. And if Jesus Christ is Lord and Master, if Jesus Christ is King, then his mystical bride, his or excuse me, his bride, his mystical body must follow him. And if he decides that the time is now, and we're going to keep going through this, the beatings will continue until faith improves, well then... So be it. If these are the end times, and i got to be honest with you, the more I study, the less I think that they actually are the end times, at least on the grand scheme. I think we're, oh, I think we're headed for hell, but it's not, I don't think we're near, I don't think we're as close to the end as I thought. I could be mistaken. The timeline is still right, by the way. The, the, it's just that what happens during those times that symbolism, the uh, symbol, not symbolism, symbolic. I think actually, I literally mean symbology. <clears throat> As to the events and what they mean, that may be different. I do still believe this next year is a buckle up. It's going it's going down kind of year. I do believe that it'll be some kind of weird miracle if the United States survives as a nation past another 10 years. It'll be pretty much a low key miracle if we make it to 20 through the end of 2025. Cuz I just don't see it. But the end of our world in these United States, the end of things going on in the way in, in the West with Europe, that's very different from the end of the world. 
than the end of time. And they could be the same thing. They may not be. They look like the same thing. But that's what happens if this actually turns out to be a prefigurement. And I'm going to tell you right now, if what we're going through is still a prefigurement of the end of days. Wow. Oof. Let's just say I could probably stand to skip the end of days. Because <laughs> I'm pretty bothered about what's going on now. Dear family, if you're not praying for the church, if you're not praying for the conversion of the Pope, if you're not praying for the conversion of Cardinal Tucci, if you're not praying for the conversion of Cardinal Supich, if you're not praying for the conversion of Bishop Barron, I will tell you that, that his statement actually tells me that he's still on board with his stuff and he needs to convert. <clears throat> and I'm not terribly surprised because he does actually laud Hans Urs von Balthasar, who did say, whose big big thesis was, dare we hope that all men are saved? Dare we, dare we hope that, in fact, hell is empty when we know good and well it is not? It stretches the imagination that Our Lady would appear to three shepherd children and show them hell. Full of people being tossed about like snowflakes in a windstorm. <clears throat> it stretches the imagination beyond credulity that she would spend that time move that that our Lord would move the sun out of its place for one hundred thousand witnesses over thirty three miles <clears throat> for us to say that hell should is probably empty. Nah, partner, I don't buy that, and that's not Catholic. And anybody who does buy that. You need to pray for their conversion. You need to teach them, and you need to pray for their conversion. And that's priests, bishop, or the supreme pontiff himself. Because the other half of it is, earlier this week, I was willing to call them enemies. <clears throat> And if they are, in fact, enemies, <clears throat> and at this point I'm not saying that they are, but if they are, and we're not praying for them, then we're not actually obeying our Lord either. So pray for these people. Pray for these men, these God-awfully blind men. Pray that many people are not drawn in by these lies. And beyond all that, pray that our Lord's will is done. Because as angry as I am about this, and was about this, <clears throat> I don't hold anger for too terribly long. But as aggravated as I was about this, There's going to be a brief period where I do feel sympathy. But mostly I'm going to feel sympathy for everybody who was deceived. <clears throat> because the other part of this.
put yourself in the position of someone who's in a relationship with a member of the same sex, a romantic, physical, disordered relationship. Put yourselves in their position. This provide like fiducia supplicants when applied the way Father James Martin applies it is giving a sense of validation and hope to people who in general don't have it. I mean, you're talking about a group of activists in particular, um, especially the activists in this so-called community. Activists in particular don't have a lot of hope. The reason why they're so bad to get along with is because they're really legitimately full of despair. And this is going to give them a false sense of hope. And 10, 20, 50 years from now, when they're on their deathbed, and they're about to go to their eternal reward. What a shock. But the priest blessed us. But the Pope said, but the church changed, and they said that this was okay. They said that this was good. They said that I could do this and still be holy. What a shock. What a terrible, terrible shock that'll be. And how evil are the men who perpetrate it? So we need to pray for their conversion. We need to pray for the conversion of the people who are teaching this error, this falsehood, this, these lies, these heresies. And pray that they convert and that they repent and that they could, they at least dial back what they've done themselves. Pray that they have an opportunity to offer penance and reparation. Because if they don't, I wouldn't want to be them. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.